0: Welcome back to the show. Around the NFC South continues now. We're doing that tonight, recapping all of the draft classes for the Saints and their NFC South rivals. And finally, let's head on over to Carolina. Let's bring on in Walker Male, co-host of the Wake Up Call on ESPN 730 in Charlotte to talk about the Panthers and their draft class. Uh, Walker, I was just on your show. You're on mine. Uh, good to talk to you again, buddy. How are you?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Good to return the favor.
0: Yeah. Uh, Look, let's start off talking about, obviously, where Carolina felt they needed to improve, and that's on both lines as they spin three out of their four picks, either on uh, defensive edge rushers or, of course, Greg Little, the tackle from uh, Mississippi in round two. Is that an area they really needed to address coming into the draft, or was it just best player available case?
1: Well, well, it was what general manager Marty Herney said this entire pre-draft process was that they wanted to take care of the offensive and defensive line they wanted to take care of the guys up front and that's exactly what they did this draft they had two defensive ends two edge rushers and what they got in brian burns at 16 they also got christian miller which i think is a great value pick in the fourth round and then they got greg little as you mentioned early in the second round giving up their 77th overall selection and their 47th to move up 10 spots. So they got rid of their third-round pick, the first of their two third-round picks. And then they also got Dennis Daly, tackle from South Carolina. So they got two guys on the edge and two offensive tackles. And that's what Marty said that they wanted to address immediately heading into the draft. And sure enough, they did it. And I got to say, overall, I like what they did in the draft. I don't love the way they got them. I don't love getting rid of the 77th overall selection because they have so many positions that still need to be addressed. They need to get a safety. They don't have a free safety on the roster that I feel comfortable with right now to play alongside Eric Reed. And I also don't love the Will Greer pick at 100 because they could have used a safety here. And that's the big thing that I think I'd take away as a negative. But overall, at the end of the day, I really like Greg Little going up to get him in the second round. I do like that you have what could be a left tackle and is athletic enough to play the position. And I also do like Will Greer as a quarterback. I just don't know if I would have spent a draft pick this year that early on a quarterback.
0: Let's talk about uh, Will Greer a little more here. Heisman Trophy candidate. We know he's got a lot of talent, but the Panthers drafting him certainly surprised me a little bit. Is this possibly a sign that they're not a hundred percent sure that Cam Newton will never be the same Cam Newton that he was before these injuries the last couple of years?
1: And again, I'll go back to what Marty said in the post-draft presser, especially after this pick. He said that the Will Greer selection had nothing to do with Cam. Now, that can just be GM speak and certainly can understand, understand the skepticism there. I don't think that it's because they're extremely scared of Cam Newton. The fact of the matter is is that they have not drafted one quarterback since Cam Newton. That was the last quarterback that they ever drafted. And so they had Derek Anderson as their backup quarterback for a long time. They finally moved on from him last season. They went to Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke. They tried Garrett Gilbert in there, who actually did pretty well in the AAF in the brief stint that it existed. But you had just a few backup quarterbacks, and they just never had somebody they felt extremely comfortable with as a young backup quarterback that you know can be that guy and can possibly have some value if he plays well in the preseason. You know, everybody likes to use the New England Patriots model where they go after a quarterback constantly. They get the Jacoby Brissett. They get the Jimmy Garoppolo. They trade them, and they get some assets in return. I think a lot of that has to do with people just thinking the backup quarterbacks in the Patriots system are going to be good because the Patriots drafted them because they were under the tutelage of a Bill Belichick, and so I don't know if those backup QBs have quite the same value on really any of the other franchises in the NFL. But I do like getting a quarterback in Will Greer. I I do like the pick. I I, I mean – I just like the guy, the quarterback that he is. I, again, I, I would have gone safety, but I do think he is a good quarterback. He can have a good career. I don't think that this means that they're extremely worried about Cam Newton's shoulder. They're just taking care of him. Um, they're they're just taking a quarterback here in case that Cam Newton um, does have any problem and that it's just some insurance. If he is injured for whatever reason, if it is a shoulder or if he gets injured some way else, they do have... A quarterback that they can trust and throw in there to help them win a couple games. I don't think that means that they're going to
0: move on. Ah, yes. Uh, Teams trying to emulate the Patriots. No surprise there. Talking to Walker (laughs) Mail, co-host of the Wake Up Call on ESPN 730 in Charlotte as we go around at the NFC South and check in on other teams' draft classes, some of the Saints' rivals and Were you surprised at all that they didn't upgrade the receiver position? Now, I understand that um, they do have Torrey Smith and Chris Hogan here, but there's no real number one guy, no star, and I guess that's something Cam Newton's, you know this, Walker, dealt with his entire career there.
1: Well, D.J. Moore they're hoping is the guy. That was their first-round selection last year, and they're hoping that without Devin Punches on the team anymore, he goes to Indianapolis on a deal where Carolina just wasn't going to pony up the $13 million that Indianapolis gave. And so they're going to move on to DJ Moore as their number one receiver. Again, the first round selection, Curtis Samuel, because he was healthy last season was able to showcase his ability like he has not before. And Curtis Samuel really played well. I mean, if you look at his touchdown to touch ratio, it was incredible. And you look at just when you gave him the football, when he had it in his hands, he was extremely dangerous and he actually showed some more refined route running and showed good hands. And so I think they're comfortable with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore being a couple to go to guys. And remember maybe not wide receiver, you feel good with Torrey Smith, who's making five million, who's an older wide receiver. you know I, I thought that maybe he would be a cap casualty, but instead they actually converted some of Luke Keekley's salary into a signing bonus again and gave him seven million dollars or they're freed up seven million dollars in cap space so now it seems like tory smith is going to be okay but remember they do have ian thomas who played really well down the stretch at tight end he's going to come into a second year they still have greg olsen who when healthy he can be pretty productive still and they do have christian mccaffrey one of the best receiving running backs in the entire nfl so They do have a couple of tight ends that I think they feel comfortable with. They're going to have their first-round receiver from last year step up and hopefully be that number one guy. And I think Curtis Samuel can really be a productive wide receiver for them in this system. So I'm not as worried about it. They they got a seventh-round guy, so, yeah, they didn't heavily invest in it in this season, and Terry Godwin out of Georgia. But I'm not too worried about wide receiver like I am some other positions heading into this year.
0: Seven wins for the Panthers last year, and I guess it's kind of been the standard for these Ron Rivera teams. Uh, The double-digit wins one year and their fallback the next. Uh, Twelve wins in 2013, Mm -hmm. seven in 2014. Fifteen wins in that Super Bowl appearance year in 2015 and then six wins in 2016. Playoffs, 11 wins in 2017, seven wins last year. Uh, Is Ron Rivera on the hot seat at all? And are are fans expecting another bounce back here in double-digit wins there in Carolina?
1: Oh, absolutely. He's on the hot seat. At the end of this year, there was a lot of buzz on whether Ron Rivera would be fired and for them to look on to a new head coach. Because you remember, Dave Tepper is the new owner of this franchise. After Jerry Richardson was forced to sell the team, David Tepper bought the Carolina Panthers, and he comes from the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And so you wondered if he was going to want to get some of his own guys there. As you often see when new ownership takes over a franchise, you wondered if he was going to just clean house or at least move on from the general manager and the head coach. But it seems like Marty and Ron and Tepper, they all really hit it off as soon as Tepper was a part of this organization. And he was there one full year from last year, right? The second half collapsed to the first half, success that the Carolina Panthers had, you know, he stuck with them throughout this entire off season. And so he's going to stick with them at least one more year, but it doesn't mean that Ron Rivera is clear of any hot seat. I think if you look at the Carolina Panthers, I think the over under for them was set at something like seven and a half by most. And you know, if, if they finish above that, then he's going to be fine. Ron Rivera and Marty. I, I think if you look at the Carolina Panthers having another year where, let's say they win five or six games, something like that, then, yeah, absolutely, we're going to have the same exact discussion of Ron Rivera being on the hot seat again. And, you know, this time, I just don't know after two years if he'd be able to come back after two years where it would be a six- or seven-win season.
0: I know we talked a lot about Cam Newton here, but this has to be, Walker, a a massive year for him and his future in Carolina, right?
1: Yeah, two years left on his deal. And you mentioned the shoulder injury. You know, this is a guy – who was phenomenal in 2015 2016 2017 not as much but there were some flashes before the injury last year cam newton was playing very well you know he wasn't playing to the level of the drew Brees. he wasn't playing to the level of a pat mahomes but you know if you wanted to climb down the ladder of the mvp race i mean he was probably in the first seven games eight games or so I and mean, he was top five close to it and somewhere in that realm you know he was playing very well under North Turner the new offensive coordinator I I thought that they had a very good marriage in the first half and then the second half started to hit and then you saw Cam Newton get exposed a little bit by not being able to throw the deep ball and then you kind of thought about it we're at week nine and you're like you know what Cam Newton really hadn't thrown more than 40 yards this entire season and we had mentioned it but who cares when you're winning it's not that big of a deal and then of course defenses can adjust and they just put a lot more men in the box and they don't have to worry about that deep ball burning them and all of a sudden it's really hard to score points or at least enough to win and so cam duton now with the second shoulder surgery that he's had in three four years where a guy that has kind of been inconsistent the last couple of seasons. know if if this is a season where he either gets injured or he's not as good right if he just doesn't play even close he doesn't have to play 2015 if he just plays even close to that then yeah you're going to give him the contract that maybe even breaks the record it's going to be one of those quarterback deals you know that we always see the quarterback contract break the record for the richest quarterback contract you'd get something around there but if he doesn't then you know maybe this is this is going to be a situation where cam doesn't have a whole lot of leverage you know especially with that shoulder injury now maybe another team will pay him you know teams get paranoid and they overpay quarterbacks all the time but i think carolina would probably pay him before any other team yeah it's a big year you're right about it Um, You know, two years left on his deal, and we'll see what Carolina does, and it'll all be dictated on the kind of year Cam Newton has.
0: He's Walker Mail, at Walker Mail on Twitter, MEHL co-host of the Wake Up Call on ESPN 730 in Charlotte. Walker, always appreciate the conversations, man. another, Another draft in the books, and I know we'll talk to you this summer as we head towards the season. Thanks so much.
1: All right, absolutely. Look forward to it.
0: All right, there he goes. The state of the Carolina Panthers, big year for that franchise. And Walker said it. He's exactly right, and he obviously knows the pulse of that fan base, that city, much better than I do. But even from the outside looking in, you could see this is that year when either things are going to finally gel for Ron Rivera and Cam Newton or they're just going to completely blow it up and reset next offseason. And it's going to be fascinating to watch that play out from the outside looking in. Around the NFC South, in the books... It went from the Saints to the Bucks to the Falcons and then the Panthers. You'll be able to recap of everything that happened this last week in the NFL draft. We're going to take a break. Back with your calls. Line them up, 504-260-1870. That's 260-1870, and the text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. Tim's behind the glass. It's the last lap here on WWL.